Welcome back to the Grim and Glamorous podcast, a podcast about pop culture and the paranormal. We are your hosts, Albie G and Drea. Happy Halloween, guys. Already almost October 31st. So one thing I've been doing is just like rewatching Halloween movies, like old ones, new ones. Like I've been watching like a movie a day just to kind of get into the mood, like the spirit of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, one, one movie that I was watching recently was um, Urban Legends. Do you remember that that movie? Did I ever see Urban Legends? Remind me again of Urban Legends. I forget what year. It was sort of around the same time as like Scream, Scream 2. I know what you did last summer. Probably like late 90s, early 2000s in that sort of era. And it's basically um, kind of like the scary movie that takes place on this college campus. And it's about how like there's this like serial killer going around uh, trying to reenact urban legends and make them true. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I do remember this movie. It wasn't bad. It was kind of cheesy, like looking back at it. But um, it was around that same time that like these like slasher, like 90s, 2000s movies were like going around. I think it, it was like a contemporary of like Scream and like I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. And my all time favorite um, Final Destination. Was that around that era? Yeah, definitely around. I think, yeah, I think those are all around like the same, the same time. Mm-hmm. The golden age of the uh, the 90s slasher movies. I was going to say that was a good time for those kind of movies because like I was doing the same thing. I was like rewatching like uh, because I recently saw Halloween Kills. I don't know if you saw that, but I, uh, I, I saw that yeah. recently. Um not my favorite <laughs> was I didn't think it was that great. I actually fell asleep during uh, a good chunk of it. And then I woke up and I saw the end. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but let's just say Halloween goes on. Did you see the one before that one? I did. I saw that one and that one was uh, a lot better. Yeah. Uh, I really liked that one. And that was actually funny. I thought it was funny. The one that was before Halloween Kills, just Halloween. And I think that one was like, what, 2019? Yeah. Yeah, that one was actually pretty good. And I did see Halloween Kills and I've, I would agree. And I think a lot of people have <laughs> uh, like reviewed the movie and said the same thing. Like it, it kind of just doesn't really go anywhere. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is sort of like sidelined for the whole movie. Um, she's not really yeah. it, so I was pretty disappointed at like you know you barely got to see her and you know you really wanted her to fight off uh, Michael Myers and she was just kind of like a, a background background character this time so yeah. not my favorite not as good as the other one was good though and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah I think definitely a missed opportunity but you know what it's Maybe it'll grow on me. Like sometimes you watch it like a few years later and you're like, uh, it's, you know, it wasn't that bad, but I, I don't know. I think right now I was kind of disappointed, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, urban legends. Um, 
So when that movie, um, when I rewatched it recently, it made me think about how uh, like urban legends in general are pretty interesting because they're sort of like pop culture, half true, half false, these sort of myths, like cultural myths uh, that sort of arise in the news and people accept them as like totally factual. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought, okay, like, that's an interesting phenomenon, but are there any urban legends specific to Halloween? Uh, and there weren't a ton, but there were some that I was like, you do hear stories every year that sort of surround the holiday. And so I thought I, that it would be cool to kind of review some of those and take a look at, you know, is there any truth to these urban legends, these Halloween urban legends? And I was kind of surprised. Um, Again, there's not a ton of them, but there are some interesting cases and um, things to think about uh, to get into that holiday spirit. Um, so yeah, let's let's just jump right in. Um, I think the most common one, and I, this was something that we both talked about that we found sort of looking at the holiday was that uh, every year there's sort of this like warning or concern from like the public and the media about like Halloween candy, like for kids. Yeah, definitely a case of like some truth, some fiction. It seems like the truth is sort of somewhere in between, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know about you, but like, I have never gotten anything in my Halloween candy when I was a kid. Like, I maybe got like a candy that was like accidentally ripped open. And of course, like you throw it out, you know, because obviously you never know. Like in the back of your mind, you like you just never know. Um, but also like I I think I've probably gotten more like, you know, in like a salad at like a restaurant than I have ever in my whole life it, with like Halloween candy. So you never got anything like suspicious or no. no, like I don't I don't think so. Like I said, like maybe like an accidental like ripped wrapper. Or like, um, you know, that's pretty much like the, that's the closest thing that I can think of, like yeah, to anything like the ones that are open, right? Yeah, of course. You know, all the ones that are open, just throw them out. Anything else, if it looks like it's got a hole in it, if it looks like it's been messed with, you know, throw it out. But everything else is good. Like, yeah, and I think even that um, phenomenon of like. Uh, checking the candy like that was always something that I remember hearing growing up is like when you get back from trick-or-treating with like your mom or dad or guardian um, you know you go back home you like dump the bag out on the floor and you are on a table and you sort of look through the candy or your parents or what would say like okay let me check the candy Um, but the implication was that oh, you're checking in case something looks off or something looks um, like opened. Mm -hmm. I remember when like we would go trick-or-treating, like mom and dad would always say, um, oh yeah, like if there's like fruit or like something that doesn't have, that's not wrapped. So Mm -hmm. like a candy apple or Mm -hmm. um, like loose cookies or Mm -hmm. whatever. I was going to say like also like, uh, yeah, like you said, loose cookies, like people's like home-baked goods like I don't know anybody who would like 
go out of their way and like bake like cookies or brownies or something like that and hand them out for trick or treating. But I don't know, maybe people do like you just wouldn't eat that. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think a few times I remember somebody like, like, you know, like, um, one of the neighbors, like a grandma or something like made mm -hmm. Halloween cookies, like from the store, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe they like had them for a party or made you know something like that and then they like have a tray like I remember a few times that happening like mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's not something that everybody does like would do but once in a while you know there'd be like oh, okay like home-baked cookies mm -hmm. but then like you could never you know you could never actually eat those because you know your parents are like oh well you know it's better to be safe to you know just yeah um to just toss that out which which, mm -hmm. sucks, which also reminds me that like way back like I mean obviously like we grew up in like 80s and 90s and stuff like that um I guess more so the 90s like in the early 90s um they always used to have like I don't know if you remember this but like they used to have like these commercials or whatever with like the safety rules for trick-or-treating like you know always carry a flashlight always go in like uh, groups with an adult like you know you go to well-lit houses you know things like that look both you obviously look both ways before you cross the street um you know don't wear masks with like that block your vision uh wear something reflective so you don't get run over by a car do you like i don't know if you remember those or not but like they used to show them like during like october or closer to like halloween um things like that do you remember that uh, I do recall some of those, like, like rules, and I don't really remember where I would hear them. It may have been, like, teachers at school or something that would go mm -hmm. over those things. Uh, I don't remember commercials, but I do remember, um, you know, growing up in, like, grade school or junior high, they would say, you know, you know, be safe, never go alone, you know, um, where like something reflective if you're mm -hmm. like crossing the street or, or going out or something like that mm -hmm. uh, but yeah there was always this like concern right over like the safety of you know because it's at night people are in costumes mm -hmm. supposed to be like the scary like fun but scary you know time of yeah day. Uh, but yeah that is interesting that there's like even back then um the sort of like public service announcements about mm -hmm. Yeah, more so back then than like, obviously, like nowadays, they don't really have too much of that, or I haven't really paid attention to any kind of like, you know, here's a safety message about Halloween. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's because there aren't too many kids going out, or it's not like, you know, a big thing anymore or something. I mean, I don't know, like, those things kind of like died, died off, I think, you know. Yeah, I think, um, and we were talking about this uh, before we started recording, but I came across this um, uh, this article uh, by this professor from uh, the College of Charleston. So his name is W. Scott Poole. Mm -hmm. And um, if anybody has a chance to check it out, it's on Snopes.com. So um, I remember like, in high school being like super into snopes.com because they would have like a daily 
like urban legend or, um, you know, story that that was published in the news and they, they like fact check it. Mm-hmm. I remember they that. We're focused lately on like the past, maybe the past four or five years, they've started doing more like politics, like fact checking, um, you know, politics and media, but they still do have a lot of like pop culture, um, you know, analysis. Um, but like back in the day, they were just like urban legend like oriented, which was super fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was this article that came out uh, 2019 by this professor. And he sort of looks back at the history of Halloween in America. And he says that like in the 70s, um, you have like cultural upheaval in politics, um, you know, like 60s and 70s, there's like the anti-war movement. Uh, America post-Vietnam. He says there's a lot of like cultural and social anxiety in America about um, like about the world and how Mm -hmm. that's sort of reflected in this holiday, Halloween, where people can dress up, you know, they can be scary, they can be somebody else, they can wear costumes. So it's sort of like fun and scary. Like this mixture was like the perfect, the perfect storm for like American anxieties. And he said a few stories that occurred in the 70s sort of fed into these urban legends, um, coupled with, um, he says, this was like the rise of like, like horror movies that we know today, like The Exorcist, he mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, people were so like taken by this like phenomenon of like culture and anxiety and, uh, and uncertainty in America. And so really fascinating article because it covers like you know pop culture media history so there's a lot that he talks about but he does mention that in the 70s there were a few cases that sort of fed into this idea of you know oh like beware of like laced candy or uh like razor blades or you know pins and needles um or like you know people would put drugs in like candy or something like that right but he he does acknowledge that a lot of a lot of it is urban legend and myth that sort of grew into something bigger than it was mm-hmm. uh, but that the, the politics of the time sort of fed into that like this politics of fear and um like pushed by certain politicians sort of took advantage of the, of these like fears and anxieties so that's sort of like why these legends spread to be bigger than they were. Um, but he does say that there were a few cases where uh, things like this actually did happen, but they just weren't as numerous as people seem to think that they were. Hmm. Uh, and one of them was um, sort of like a true Halloween movie. Um, so it says in 1974, October 31st, uh, a child died in Houston the result of death, the cause of death was eating poisoned candy. The child's father had murdered his own son by placing cyanide in a pixie stick. This story in Houston became the Candyman Killer. And this became a movie, you know, they based a movie off of this, this event called the Candyman, which is like a big, you know, Halloween movie. Yeah. Uh, but it, I didn't know that until reading this story reading this article 
that he says it is actually based on a true story and that this story is sort of like captured the media in 1975. And so that sort of fed into these warnings that you would hear, you know, at school or on TV. And they would tell kids, you know, like beware of like, you know, razor blades or sewing needles or, or glass in like, you know, you know, candy apples or, you know, right. whatever. Um, so that was something that I didn't know before, but that, um, that definitely plays into this, this urban legend that even today, you know, we still remember being told to like, you know, look out for, for strange things in your candy. Mm-hmm. There was another case pretty recently that I found. Uh, let's see. There was one in Minnesota where it says Minneapolis man charged with giving candy containing needles. And this was in the year 2000, uh, October 31st, 2000. A man was charged with putting needles into candy bars on Halloween and giving them out to children. And then it says four teenagers reported to police that they had been given candy bars at his house to eat. And a 14-year-old bit into the candy bar and found a needle, but he didn't need medical care. So it looks like um, in this case, there actually was somebody that like put in, put stuff in his candy and gave it out for Halloween. And then he was caught. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of scary. But, but again, it's sort of like, you know, here and there, there are cases, but it's not this sort of like a widespread phenomenon that people have been led to believe. There was another Halloween urban legend that I found was kind of, kind of a, uh, um, it, it kind of brings me back to like the nineties also. Um, because mm-hmm. I remember, um, and I think you used to watch these sort of talk shows also, but like Montel Williams, and Oprah Winfrey yes, and Mari, uh, Ricky Lake. I mean, those were like, those talk shows were all the rage, like growing up. And, um, you know, obviously Oprah, you know, one of the biggest media stars like to have ever lived. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's this urban legend that, that there was this psychic that would go on these talk shows, like daytime talk shows and would make predictions. So this particular legend says that a, um, that the psychic goes on to this talk show, whether it's Oprah or Montel or Maury, it doesn't specify and the legend sort of varies. It says, it says that the psychic went on TV before Halloween and made this prediction that um, that on Halloween there would be like a mass murder or, you know, crazed student or maintenance worker or somebody will escape from like a, an asylum and at the local college will like, uh, you know, commit murder or you know attack people or or something like that and so um and so snopes and you you know snopes does have an article on this also but they say that mm-hmm. you know this, this one's not true but it's also one of these legends that's sort of vague so it's it, it's not super specific mm-hmm. so like they, there it was true that on um some talk shows you would have psychics like Sylvia Brown that would go on like relatively 
routinely and make predictions. But this particular instance was not quite true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, like, there was a lot. I remember watching those. Um, I don't remember specifically which talk show it was, but like uh, Sylvia Brown would like appear. And most of those times that her predictions were false. So that does make sense. Yeah, I'm not sure when Sylvia Brown passed away i know doesn't say fairly recently like within the last like 10 years or so 10 years or so yeah yeah but i remember um i do remember like certain talk shows it may have been like mari i think or montel she would go on the show pretty routinely mm-hmm. um i don't know like maybe like every other month or something And then they would have people in the audience that would have like cases or incidents or family members, or they would ask for help for something and she would give advice. Mm -hmm. Um, And she would make, I think like the end of the year or the beginning of the year, like for new year's, she would do like. Yes. The year. Yes. You're right about that. She was, I think it was the Montel Williams show because I think they were like good friends. Yeah. Um, And she would do her like end of year. Or, yeah, I guess it would be not, well, yeah, her end of year, her New Year's um, predictions. I remember that, yeah. And so, again, I think this is another legend that's sort of like, yeah, it's like not true, not false, but sort of in the middle, like the truth is somewhere in between. Like she would, there was, you know, there were episodes of, some of these shows where you know a psychic would go on and make predictions but um there wasn't really this case where um the legend is that there was this like a murder that happened at a school and it says like the psychic predicts um oh it's it's gonna be a female student and the dorm is shaped like an h or a u and it's by a river like that the psychic is like making these not Mm -hmm. like hyper specific but sort of describing the scene and then the legend is that like later that Halloween like it did happen um so yeah I think it's um sort of this half truth people remember remembering these shows and these episodes but sort of giving credit or more credit than perhaps was was due but I do remember yeah the Montel Williams show Mm -hmm. um there was another psychic that would do sort of visits. Um, I forget his name. I think like John Edwards or something. Um, and I'm not sure which talk show he went on, but he was like a medium or psychic and he would sort mm-hmm. of like readings for people in the audience and they'd get all freaked out. Um, I don't know if he would do like predictions. I know Sylvia Brown would do predictions, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, again, another urban legend that, it's sort of like half based in in reality. And then finally, there is a relatively recent story that does turn out to be true. And how do I know this? You can view the Instagram for the person. Um, so this is an article that came out uh, just a couple days ago. Uh, October 23rd, 2021, it says, 
True or false, were the cops called on a Dallas man's gory Halloween display? Steve Novak went all out with his 2021 Halloween-themed creation. And it's there's a link to his Instagram page, and it says, uh, Dallas man, a Dallas man's creatively gory Halloween decorations made international news but caused the displeased eye of some of his neighbors to the point that the police were called to his home last year in 2020. And he's back at it again this year in 2021. Ooh, I'm looking at pictures of it. (laughs) It says Dallas police said, as of this writing, they have not been called to his home and deny that, um, that they are like investigating him or visited him. But if you go to his Instagram page, there's a video of like the police driving by and shining a light mm-hmm. in his house. And he's just sitting in the front yard chilling. Uh, but the display is pretty gory. There's like bloody um, you know, <laughs> big body parts, and, like a wood chipper <laughs> and like somebody impaled on a, on a stick. Um, so I don't know which one, which part of this is my favorite. Is it the safe? with the with the squished head or there's like the like like drums of like fake blood yeah and they're all like pretty chunky like yeah it's pretty graphic um (laughs) so yeah warning if you do get squeamish um and you go to Stephen novak's instagram page the wood chipper is like the topper for me like he bought a wood chipper (laughs) and like painted these like wood chips like red to make it look like somebody's getting wood. yeah uh, but yeah it's uh, this one is true and we have social social media tiktok and instagram to prove it mm-hmm. um, so he went all out like he he like made the bodies himself like yeah that's pretty that's a lot like yeah you know it's really funny because i i feel like it's not super like extravagant and elaborate you know how Mm -hmm. like sometimes people for like christmas displays there's like certain neighborhoods in like orange county and and they do this probably all over the country but certain neighborhoods have like christmas lights displays that go like way over the top yes this is my that's my dream uh I feel like this is a little, it's not like super, there's not a ton of stuff, but there, there's some really intricate things that Mm -hmm. he has displayed on on his house. So, you know, points for creativity, Mm -hmm. but you know, it reminds me there was a, and I'll have to look this up, but there was um, a Netflix like documentary or movie. It was like, um, it was like an hour and a half, like, just like, a movie about this guy you know i don't I, like in the midwest somewhere and he every year goes all out and spends like tens of thousands of dollars if not more on halloween every year and he does like um like a small little maze in his house and and the netflix documentary it talks about how he spends all year planning and creating his own, um, you know, props, like cutting like the wood and like foam 
and coming up with a theme and like basically his life and his family's life revolves around this every year like it's a whole family affair like his wife his kids uh like nieces and nephews like they plan it's like a year-round thing that's so cool and um basically consumes his life and uh super fascinating in like the whole neighborhood and like the city like takes pride in it but it also shows like the intense like um you know this guy like really goes all out every year to the point that it like it can become like a financial strain like he feels like he has to do it but he like enjoy it's like his favorite holiday he's like loved halloween his whole life um but like the planning and the time and effort and money that goes into the display and super elaborate i mean there's like like props and costumes and like there's not an inch of his yard and his house that's not like all out that's I love that. That's so cool. And I ha- I have to find the name of this this documentary. I watched it a couple of years ago, and I think it is on Netflix. Um, I think it's like like Halloween House or like something like that. Um, but super interesting. And they talk to like the neighbors, and um, he like goes to certain stores to like like buy the materials, like hardwood stores and like mm-hmm. um, like movie prop quality like Halloween decorations and um, like people from all over the neighborhood and like the city and the County, like, like people go visit his house every year as like tradition. Mm. I forget what state it is. It's like, it might be like Missouri or Illinois, like somewhere in the Midwest. And um, yeah, but it was just so funny seeing like the whole family, like, you know, like no in November planning for Halloween the next year. <laughs> like coming up with ideas and concepts. So um, it kind of reminded me of this story about this Dallas guy, because it was like, okay, some people really get into it and go all out and like push the boundaries. Like mm. this guy in Dallas uh, a couple of days ago with, with this story, it looks like it's more gory, like blood and gore, like kind mm. of like saw or like, you know, Texas chainsaw massacre or whatever. Uh, but this other guy in the Midwest, it was more like elaborate. Like it wasn't necessarily gory. Like it's designed to be like family friendly, mm-hmm. so a little bit of a different take on like Halloween decorations. But yeah, both super interesting. That's really cool. Like, I mean, because there are so many people who go all out for like Christmas. And like I said, like that's something that like I would love to do if I could like just have a full like Griswold family light display like on our house like that would be amazing but you know it does take time and effort and planning and you know you need to have like a lot of time a lot of money like to do all that stuff so for Halloween that's like even that's even better I think. Yeah. And I think um, part of it too, with the guy in the Midwest and um, I, I think it arose out of like competitions, like his neighborhood used to have a competition. And then I don't know if they, they still do it. Like some people on in his neighborhood still do like 
decorations and lights but it, it, it mm-hmm. it's like not they don't do it to the extent that he does it mm-hmm. um but yeah i it, it was an interesting interesting movie and uh, i kind of want to re-watch it because it was like a, it, it's a couple years old now yeah it sounds pretty interesting like i'm probably gonna watch it too but um you know that whole thing about like going all out and to the extreme for like Halloween and stuff like that like all the the decorations and for Christmas and stuff like that like I always think about the same thing and I think I've I think we've probably discussed it like before on the podcast where like about Halloween costumes like I really uh, like I love and I appreciate like anybody who goes all out for a Halloween costume and not just like puts mouse ears on is like this is my costume or like wears all black and is like you know I'm goth or whatever for like Halloween. Like I really like the elaborateness of like costumes and like the thought process and the planning and like the, um, the attention to detail and stuff like that for costumes. Like I've always like, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Like when, um, when somebody puts like thought and effort into, um, you know, an elaborate costume, it's definitely something, especially if something's like really like clever or creative Mm -hmm. you're like oh that's actually kind of cool or that's really that's really interesting Um, I remember in in college um, they would have like a costume contest and you know they would give the winner you know like a gift certificate or a gift card like or something like that Um, even like uh, like high school and junior high there'd be like a Halloween parade and, um, you know, people would like, you know, you'd go around and, you know, dress up, you dress up for the day. Uh, I think even at some places like, um, like you can go to work sometimes, like depending on where you mm-hmm. work, um, you know, dressed up and that's always kind of fun to see. Um, but yeah, this, this case with the, the, uh, the Halloween decorations. What what was interesting about that too was that I feel like there was other there've been other cases. I couldn't find them, but this guy in Dallas. I think there have been other instances where people like like thought it was Halloween decorations, but it it really wasn't. Like it it was like a crime scene or something. And, and I may be misremembering it and feeding into the urban legend a bit, mm-hmm. but I like I do remember like this may have been a few years ago where somebody called the police on like somebody's display and it turned out to be like real blood or something like that. Oh my gosh. And, but that's sort of the nature of like urban legends is that it's always like, Oh, like I remember something from a few years ago, or I remember reading something and it's, it's so hard to pin down. Like, like, where is that story from? Where did it take place? Um, I think now with like the internet and social media, it's easier to like find things and like try to prove them. But at the same time, I think it can sort of feed into these like myths, like something that you think is true, you know, can be like Mm -hmm. fake news or something. So it's kind of an interesting time to live in, especially when you're reading these stories or cases from like the seventies and eighties when they didn't have like Facebook and Twitter and all that. Uh, But I think that's sort of why, like these urban legends, these stories sort of spread is because it's, you know, especially at that time, it was so hard to like, 
you know, point back to like a broadcast or video clip and say, oh, yeah, this is where that story's from. Sort of like these stories, um, you know, take a life of their own and become part of the legend surrounding it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I think that's all that's all I had. Um, you know, we had the um, Halloween candy, um, you know, looking out for poison or pins and needles in candy or you know, laced treats, um, the psychic with the, the predicting the Halloween murders on, on, uh, daytime talk shows and the gory Halloween decorations. Mm-hmm. Um, but any final thoughts? I mean, I think for me, Halloween's always like one of my favorites, if not my favorite holiday, cause I love horror movies, mm-hmm. uh, but any thoughts about Halloween this year? Um, you know what, this year again, uh, because of everything that's going on, uh, you know, Halloween, I think around here is probably going to be a little bit um, laid back. Um, you know, I know that things are getting better and people are starting to go out more. And, you know, um, I went in the um, to the shopping center this this afternoon and um, people were going into Party City and buying their costumes, Target, they're buying their costumes. So. I think a lot more people are going to go ahead and go out this year, but um, hopefully next year for sure, it's going to be a lot more exciting, a little bit more, um, you know, hopefully more things to do, Um, you know, but Halloween this year is, um, you know, and for the last like couple years already have been a little different. So, um, but I'm excited. Like, I mean, every year, for me, Halloween is like one of the best holidays. Uh, for me, it signifies, you know, more holidays that are up and coming, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, uh, things like that. Um, so that's basically where, um, you know, the the good holidays <laughs> um, start is when Halloween comes around and, you know, Christmas is right around the corner. So um but yeah like you know just gonna take it easy this year i think for halloween maybe plan something uh you know extravagant for next year who knows yeah uh, absolutely i think a little bit more subdued than in the past um but definitely easing back into it but yeah i think always like halloween uh, you know i'll agree it sort of just like kicks off like sort of the end of the year Mm -hmm. have like Halloween Thanksgiving Christmas New Year's and like sort of quick succession like at the end of each each of those months um but yeah it's always fun to just like get into that spirit of even if you're not going out or doing something but just like you know watching scary movies or um you know seeing the decorations and the costumes like it's just a fun Mm -hmm. a fun time of year yeah yeah all right. Well, um, I think that's that's it for today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We hope everybody has a fun, safe Halloween. Uh, check your candy, and um, hopefully, you'll find some some good scary movies to watch, or even some bad ones like uh, like Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's a fun time of year, so we hope everybody has a a fun and safe holiday. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our episode, and uh, we'll see you next time.